everyone out there in Lasso land, this is Peanut Butter and Biscuits, your Ted Lasso fan cast for NPR Illinois Community Voices and for the Front Row Network. I'm your host today, Craig, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Mr. Jeremy Geffner. One of these days, it's just going to be someone else, and then they're going to be like, what? <laughs> I know you got to do an episode with Courtney early this season because I, I was did. gone, and then didn't I do one without you? I feel like maybe I did at some yeah, point. I feel like maybe Brandon or something. I don't know. It's it's there. Like you and your best friend, Luke Tenney, can do it sometimes. So, you That's know. right. I, Luke Tenney, you can come back anytime you want. You know anytime who else want, could yeah. come back anytime they want? Mr. James Lance. Mr. James uh, Lance. <laughs> plays Trent Krim on our wonderful show, Ted Lasso here, and it is this conversation, mm. I love it. I love mm. this conversation. I'm so glad that we get to share this with you as an audience because it's one of those that we all love his character of Trent Krim. You're going to fall in love with him as an actor and the amount of research and respect that he puts into his role. But also we get to have a little bit of fun with him too. Yeah, yeah, we get to have a lot of fun with him. Throw him some curveball questions. Um, and But you're right, like that's just the th key thing to take away from this guy is just like, as much as you love Trent Krim, you're about to love James Lance just as much. Uh, just an absolutely awesome human being and so introspective, so um, so fantastic in the way he thinks about the character and just life in general. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear this. In fact, I, I think we should just kind of dive right into it. Yeah, we need we? to because, push that play uh, button. Man. We already did all of our housekeeping and all that in our normal episode. So without further ado, here is Mr. James Lance, Trent Krim. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Graham himself. It is such an honor to welcome to Peanut Butter and Biscuits, Mr. James Lance, Trent Krim himself. So I hope you're having a good day. I'm having a really nice day. It's the end of the day here in the UK, but it's been a good one. Yeah. Hi. Good to be here. Yeah, that's excellent. So I get the honor of asking our first question to you. And that question we've asked of a lot of your different castmates that we've gotten a chance to speak to. And that's your superhero origin story. You know, we know you now as Trent Krem and we and this show that we love, but I'm wondering how you make the transition from being a stage actor uh, into being on our screens in Ted Lasso. Well, I mean, I've been an actor for a very long time. I was a child actor. I grew up in the countryside in Somerset in the UK and the BBC did a movie in the village just next to the one I lived in. And I auditioned and after three, a couple of recalls, they gave me the role. I was 10 years old um, and it was just the most exciting experience of my young life. You know, I loved it. I, I knew I wanted to be an actor before then, but getting on set and, and being kind of, um, I mean, everyone was so delightful to me, you know, they were so nice to me. And I just fell in love with uh, movie making and, and, um, so then I met these beings that were called theater school kids. I was like, what is that? Yeah, and it turned out that they were these uh, little, little people that could go to a school where half the time they could do dancing and singing and acting and basically mucking about. And I thought, I think I want to go there. <laughs> so after two years of flunking out at school, 
Um, I am persuading my mum to let me go to London. I moved to London at the age of 12 years old with my, with my like a little Dick Whittington with uh, tap shoes and uh, lived in East End of London. And I went to theatre school in London. I used to go home to, to see my mum at the weekends and um, started working professionally as an actor and um, uh, just carried on. And I'm now at the tender age of, what am I, I'm 48 now. <laughs> so I've had a, no, no, I'm not. That's that's not true. Or am I? Hold on, wait. What am I? Forty. I can't remember if I'm forty nine or forty eight. No, I'm forty eight. <laughs> yeah, I'm forty eight. So I've had a forty eight. No, I've had a thirty eight year career. That's hey, incredible. Um, and you know, it's it's great because Jeremy and I actually met through doing some theater, and yes. it's it's theater just one of those here. things. Uh, theater people, there's it's something special about being able to see that audience and be able to experience that feeling of going on stage and just kind of bearing your emotions, but also it's not really your emotions. It's, it's another character that you're able to embody. It's just, there's something so special about it. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, I, I think, I, I mean, I can't imagine doing any other job. And so far I, I become more and more uh, kind of enchanted with acting, funnily enough. I mean, I've had very, you know, bare periods where, I, uh, um, you know, no work has been coming in and I thought, oh God, what am I going to do? But luckily it keeps coming. But the actual um, sort of artistry of it, I, I, I'm more in love with it than I ever have been, actually. I just, I love uh, being an actor. Yeah, I, I totally echo Craig there. There's nothing quite like theater. Um, and you have so many of your fellow castmates who actually do come from the West End and, and have theater backgrounds and stuff. And it, I, I really feel like it shows. Of course, I always remember Hannah on the Emmys when she won talking about give theater people a chance. Like we will, you know, yeah. make you look good and stuff. And that's always been our, our credo too. We always want to champion that. But um, I find it really comes out in the show and like all the physical nods and facial expressions that you guys get. <laughs> really get a lot of opportunities to show those off. Um, but uh, Tell me, how did you go about like developing the persona of Trent Krim? Like when you first got the job on Ted Lasso, like what was your process to kind of make this guy come to life? Mm. Well, it all starts from the name, Trent Krim. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if that doesn't make you smile, I don't know what will. I, I, read, the, I read the name and I thought, this well first of all I just what a brilliant name you know this is like a Dickensian character but mm -hmm. who and I the question came up who is Trent Krim and his voice kind of I heard his voice and it, it wasn't quite like mine mine's mine's a lot lighter I knew that he had to be had to be down in his balls you know what I mean so I was I I, I was much more sort of Trent Krim the independent uh -huh. <laughs> down there and uh suddenly that kind of riff of saying Trent Krim, the independent. Um, <laughs> it just sounded humorous and obviously ridiculously pompous and self-important and, you know, elevated and high status that I, it, 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 that was the sort of the, the exterior or the, the, the highfalutin persona. But I knew that inside there, there was a little Trent Krim, you know. Trent Krim is not, that's the, not the name, I've said this before, but it's not the name of a bully. There's a, you know, if you think of a little boy called Trent, Trent Krim, <laughs> it's quite a different kind of character. So there was a, there was a sort of an immediate kind of um, bookend uh, feel there. There was this like little, the little boy, and then there was who he had become in that, in that press conference. And I knew that I had this idea that he, um, he had a tough dad, uh, which I didn't know this, but this was a theme in the show. 
mm. um, as you as you guys will know by now. But uh, but but when I did episode one, season one, I, I had no idea this was a theme of the show. I didn't know what episode two was going to be. I didn't even know if Trent Krim was going to be in episode two. Um, but I was talking to Jason, and he and he liked what I did in the press room, and he said, "Great to have you on." And 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 um, and I said, you know, I I think the reason Trent's the way he is is because he's got a bit of a tough dad. And he was like, "Hey, man." Like, I'm gonna tell you something that people don't know. He was like, this whole show is about bad dads. I was like, really? And he told me the story of, of, of Ted's father and, and what had happened, and, you know, how that had kind of informed Ted being, um, you know, seizing the day and life and being positive. And I was like, yeah, I don't think Trent's kind of living the life he wants, you know? I think he's kind of bored as a sports journalist. I think there's more in there. And, um, and, uh, and but it, yeah, that, so, that sort of it kind of evolved quite quickly out of that and also just um I knew that he that the, the glasses and the sort of the voice was 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 his shield was his sword and his and his shield you know that was his armor I knew that he hadn't been picked on the school football team mm-hmm. um and and uh he wasn't in my mind he wasn't who his father wanted him to be and, and actually, I always thought his dad would have liked him to be like a Roy Kent, you know, if, his, if he'd have been a Roy Kent, like a, a man's man and all that kind of thing, things would have been a little smoother for Trent. So he had to he had to wander off to the library and become something other. So that that gives you a little bit of an idea of how I kind of got in there, really. That's amazing that uh, like Jason gave, gave you that right off the bat. Like, that's amazing. Like you didn't even know that I guess it yeah. was going to be named after you. And now, you know, like most of the arc. <laughs> I know I had no idea. And there was this moment when we were in the Indian restaurant where Ted and Trent's in the Indian restaurant. And he says to me, um, it ain't about the winning and losing. It's about these boys being the best versions of themselves, both on and off the, the pitch. And mm-hmm. that ain't always easy especially if you've, you know, got a kind of tough childhood. And I think because I had um, sort of done this, well, it was because I'd done this backstory, I looked at him like, it's sort of like pop, like this guy is saying what this guy has always wanted his dad to hear, to, to say. And, and so suddenly this, what was, you know, at first, perceived as a bit of a clown character from from Trent's point of view a joke that I was going to completely you know that Trent was going to take down and in his uh in his in his review of him suddenly he says the very thing that he kind of always wanted his dad to say so he just completely unraveled Trent you know and actually his journey really starts from from there you know, it's interesting, too, because so many people, when we're talking to the fans and to the community, uh, we ask, when was it that this show hooked you? And almost to a person, they say, season one, episode three, so three. Trent Krim, the Independent. Yep. You know, and because <laughs> really? it's, I, I think it's because you in that episode, Trent in that episode kind of embodies us as yeah. an audience to say, well, this guy's kind of hokey, you know, like what is the, <laughs> the story fish out of water, but it becomes so real in that restaurant, you know, like there's something yeah. that goes beyond uh, just the, the standard tropes that th- this show, they do such a good job when they write it to avoid those kind of tropes as well. And so just, you know, just 
not necessarily a question there. Just <laughs> it's remarkable. It's great that you became such a fan favorite too. And that we now get to see you so much in season three. <laughs> you know, I think people are so happy that Trent has such a larger storyline in season three. And I know you shared with Vulture this story about a conversation that you had with Jason and uh, yeah. sort of how that evolved. But I wonder if maybe you could share some insights into that with our audience. Absolutely. Um yeah, I mean, just to go to your first point, it's it's true that Trent is kind of, in a way, he's a bit like, right from the beginning, he's a bit like uh, the an audience member in the show. Mm. You know, he's it's slightly heightened, but he's skeptical. Um, I mean, certainly in the UK at that time in season one, the idea of an American football coach managing an English football team <laughs> was as laughable as seeing Donald Trump come down the escalator, going to be your president. Thanks for the reminder. He went back up though, didn't he? he went back up <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wherever he is now, bless him, bless the Donald. But um, yeah, you know, it, so that was, it, it was a, just a, a complete, almost like an alarming image, this idea of, um, of Ted Lasso managing an English football team. But it's interesting, isn't it, how over the three seasons and, you know, obviously we've gone through a pandemic and, and everything has happened, that actually, I mean, particularly when you look at, you know, with Ryan Reynolds, with um, Wrexham and what's happening mm -hmm. over here, you know, it's like the whole playing field, excuse the pun, but it's opened right out mm. and it's become less, do you know what, it's, I'm going to quote the show, it has become less judgmental. Mm -hmm. And it's become more curious. And oddly, Trent kind of embodies that. And particularly now in the, in the locker room in, in season three, where he's still, in a way, an audience member there. Because he's not part of the team. He's not, you know, and, and I mean, not really. And um, so it's, it's, an interesting, um, it's an interesting place for my character to, to be. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, well, uh, I, it's interesting I know some audience members there are going to quibble if they're saying you're not part of the team. Many people think Trent Krim is a legit part of the team. He's a diamond oh, dog oh, now. When Trent Krim became a diamond dog, we <laughs> like it was Did like you? in our notes as we like, cheered. oh my. We and then, you know, uh, the, the giddiness that the giddiness <laughs> that you have in uh, the scene in the, the <laughs> locker room where you're like, oh, it's been three seasons. The lasso way. Everything <laughs> about that is like that's us as an audience. And it's actually interesting yeah. because I have this theory that the writers are kind of trying to add some meta-ness to this uh, particular season. And the fact that you uh, said like, oh, number four doesn't matter. Number doesn't four matter. isn't important. <laughs> and I almost like I made the connection that like, wow, are we talking about season four, maybe that doesn't oh matter, my. you know? <laughs> well, let me tell you right now, I didn't see that. I didn't clock that, but I would not be surprised because the the, the level of forensic genius and detail that Jason and the and the, the writers put into this, that would not surprise me if that's an in-joke that they're like, doesn't even matter what number four is. I hadn't even, uh, hadn't even clocked that. I love that. I, yeah, I love that. I think that's amazing. I, I, um, I, thanks for saying that. I, it was, it was kind of, it, it was a little bit of a risk that scene, but I wanted, I wanted to go kind of on 11. Mm -hmm. um, because I wanted to to show the, the kind of like the little boy, you know, the yeah. the one that had never been picked for the team, the one that wasn't like this kind of like you know, um, you know, well, basically a, a team member or an a athletic anyway, 
But Trent Krim does know the game and he does know a bit of magic when he sees it. And he does believe in Ted Lasso. And so he can't help himself at that point. That Like he's just spilling out. And, and I'm so happy that there was such a, um, a lovely reaction to that because in a way that was sort of a bit of a stretch from the Trent that, you know, um, con- in a continuity kind of way that we've been kind of used to, particularly in the first yeah. few seasons. But, well, <laughs> there's a reason you're an Emmy nominee. It was so much fun to see on screen. But Jeremy, I think you had a follow-up too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we've obviously season three has hit so many emotional beats for all of the fans. Um, and definitely one of those big emotional beats everybody's been tracking is Trent and Collins uh, story together um, in season three, um, hitting on so many different things there. But um, you uh, actually, you know, um, with Trent, like mentoring Colin through his own difficulties around coming out and stuff like, could you talk to us a little bit just about working with Billy Harris um, in some yeah. of the scenes? Because he is having an amazing season as well. Just really, really amazing stuff. But like, just how has it been working with him in this particular storyline? I got to tell you, it's been awful. He's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what we're looking for. <laughs> um, I cannot say uh, any. I mean, I, I can't speak high enough about that young man. Um, so, you know, when you when you when you're playing a character that has got such a kind of um, uh, in, that has those intimate scenes with, with somebody else, there's there's this really interesting thing that kind of happens. There's the two actors and then there's the two characters and you kind of develop these two uh relationships side by side and it's it's and there's always a crossover in some kind of a way there's a resonance that that rolls between the two and they're both really complementary and we um you know i guess our kind of baptism of fire was that scene our our storyline in in amsterdam we shot all of our stuff in one night um from about kind of like maybe six in the evening till I think we finished about 5 a.m., 4.30, 5 a.m., something like that. So it was a proper night shoot. I love a night shoot. There's a bit of kind of magic that happens. Everyone's a bit exhausted and a bit kind of, there's a, but there's a bit of excitement, you know, it goes back to that 10-year-old when I first stepped on set. And, and, um, and also when you're away as well, that's quite exciting. We were in Amsterdam. And we shot it kind of um, a little bit back to front. Um, and, and, and did we? Yeah, it was a little bit out of order. But we, the last scene was the scene on the Humber Monument where Billy had that amazing speech, uh, mm. of which was rewritten really heavily um, beforehand, as is often the way on this show. And Jason kind of um, arrived just before we did the scene. It was great. I remember we jumped and got in this van and Jason was like, hey, how you doing? Come in. And we sort of like got in the uh, got got in the van with him, and he was like, "Okay, here's the sides." And then Billy's like, "I could see Billy going, oh my god, because there was just a lot of new stuff, or it'd been, you know, just sort of subtly shifted a bit, and <laughs> basically, in a way, kind of your, in a way, possibly your worst nightmare as an actor because you're thinking, oh god, I'm gonna get all the lines have all muddled up, but." By this point, I think we're all quite used to how this show rolls, and there is a uh, there is a um, there's a sort of a, a trust and a belief that we'll always get it, and that kind of just fast tracks you, and you know that you're going to get it. And Billy did, and and he just um, he learned that speech, 
And then when we did maybe about three takes of it. And um, it was so beautiful to, 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 to be there as Trent with him in that scene. And as you know, I don't say, I don't say verbally very much, but um, being able to really listen to what's on that character's mind and knowing that, that pretty much all of those situations are, are situations that Trent is a seasoned sort of veteran of. Um, but he's dealt with it in a different way. And obviously he's not a top athlete. It, it was just a kind of a privilege to um, embody that moment, you know? Mm -hmm. And both of us had done a fair bit of research and both of us are well aware that there are a lot of um, closeted athletes and, um, and not just athletes, you know, people that feel that, it's, it, it, that it might jeopardize their job or, or their standing, social standing, if they, if they um, come out. And so you do feel um, a real kind of, uh, I don't know, it's, it's just an honor. You just get this sort of sense of like, this is a bit of a, a bit of sacred material that you just want to, you know, play right. And, um, and, and, and Billy's just, a, a, I think he's gonna have a huge career and he's, he's, he's now a dear friend. We, we often meet up in town and in London and have, uh, we have dumplings. We go for dumplings <laughs> together. Uh, and um yeah it was uh it was a delight really yeah it's so, so good to also see you guys getting to party a little bit after that scene as well <laughs> in the, in the i world. love that too yeah yeah we shot that before that scene and i knew i, I knew i said i wanted i wanted trent to be ripping it up at that yes. point you know yeah yeah <laughs> Well, and we have other questions that aren't uh, necessarily lasso related, but I feel like we're on such a, a roll talking yeah. about lasso now. And, you know, I just have to say that uh, in researching what we wanted to ask you, I did see an interview you just did with pride.com and you talked about all the research that went into this scene and this particular mm. storyline. And I think it just really shows as an audience member, the type of care that both you and Billy put into this storyline. And I think that that's why it resonates so well. And also someone like Cola, who, you know, it's just mm. his reactions yeah. to uh, Colin and becoming aware of that. It's just, I, I, those are the types of things that I truly think will transcend a TV show and really go and maybe help someone. And so, uh, you know, that's something that hopefully you're, uh, you're able to take with you as well as we start to move on from the show. Yeah. And I just like to say about that, you know, that there is a, there is a, there's a kind of a B side. There's a sadness to the, the this amazing reaction we've had to this scene. You know, the reason um, this storyline has had, I think, such a wonderful reaction is because of the sad reality that is actually out there. You know, and and it takes you know it takes a bit of art and 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 stuff to um, to highlight and express uh, this kind of level of trauma because that is what it is. And, you know, the idea of not being able to kiss your father at the end of the match, because mm -hmm. for fear of being, you know, uh, vilified or even, you know, outed, uh, ousted or, you know, demonized, whatever. Um, that's, that's, a, that's a sad reality. Right. And, and, um, in preparation for the, the, the season, um, that I, I found there was loads and loads of books uh, about this kind of subject. And um, there's one amazing book called Straight Jacket by a guy called Matthew Todd, who used to be the uh, editor of um, Attitude magazine over here. <clears throat> and the it's just a whole 
what's the whole thesis of what it's like to be gay in a, in a heteronormative world and, and, and the pressures that are put upon uh, you. And, um, and there's all these case studies in it that just broke my heart, you know, like things like someone, I remember one guy said, you know, I never, I never came out to my parents because I didn't want to be homeless. Oh, geez. And, it, and it's like, oh. oh, shit, this is real, you know. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah, so that's, that's, the, that's the texture of, the, of, of what's in the material. And, um, yeah, you, you've got to, we don't have to do anything, but you, you, it's an invitation to sort of um, uh, become part of a potentially a, a kind of a healing wave, you know. And, and I think that's, that, that's, the, that's what, every that, that's what everything needs to be if possible yeah you know and i it just comes through so well in that storyline and uh just uh, you know as someone that is coming at this from a, a straight white perspective it allows this show so much allows for that empathy to come through it's such a, a core philosophy of this show but we did ask some of our listeners uh when we knew we had the opportunity to be able to speak with you and there's a few questions that just kept coming up with what you yeah. want to ask and one of them <laughs> yeah absolutely you could probably Tell guess me. one of them that we're saving towards the end but um I, I'm, <laughs> costume design kept coming up and uh, particularly your shirts that you're wearing. I know like Ashlyn was very happy to see your shirt. And also my friend, um, he texted me immediately and he's like, you need to listen to Midlake because clearly Trent Krem loves Midlake, <laughs> you know? So we're wondering when Jackie and you are working on those, uh, how much input did you have into the costume design for Trent Krem? Well, I, um, I had an amazing collaboration with Jackie and it's, it's all testament to Jackie, and I know that if you, any other cast member will say the same, she, she is really open to what you have, uh, what you come at it with as an actor. You know, she's not somebody that says, you're going to wear this and deal mm. with it. Um, she's like, what do you think? You know, so it's just a conversation. And we would start, you know, chatting and talking about little ideas and, and stuff and all I can say to you is that it was just literally running that like it was like running down a long hallway and ringing a bell every single time between us we were like how about this ding yes how about this ding yes <laughs> and 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 so like for me when it got to I, I'd love to chat with you about the mid lake t-shirt and uh, as well because there is a there is a I don't think this is a spoiler because we're far enough into the show. There is 100% a story arc for Trent Crim's t-shirts. Uh. Um, you know, and um, I'm really excited about the final t-shirt. Uh, awesome. <laughs> <gonna say>. <laughs> like, I think it's, I think it's killer. And um, <laughs> it, it says everything. Um, but last week uh, when, um, when Trent's wearing Dolly, uh you know i i was i was thrilled about that as well i was just thrilled to get that through because you know this is this is a man that would never in a million years wear a dolly parton t-shirt in season one or season two for, for fear of everything that we've already you know covered yeah. and so what you're seeing is a man a person becoming more comfortable with who they are knowing that they can um uh, express themselves even in a yeah, you know little way there that's why like the mug for instance was also yeah. just that was, yes. was a choice and I remember one day I had it when I first had it and Jason went you chose that right and I was like 
mm-hmm. and he went, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. And, um, and I was really thrilled about that as well. So these little, little things coming through. So yeah, it, it, it was a, just a brilliant conversation that I had with, um, with Jackie, where we just had loads and loads and loads of fun. And um, always just trying to keep it, you know, appropriate, like in the background, not, not too far up front, but just, just, you know, psychologically uh, appropriate. Yeah. And I think so far we've done that. Yeah. Oh, there. The, his shirt game is getting a life of its own uh, on social media right now. So uh, just know love that Trent's shirts. Uh, somebody needs to start the Twitter yeah. account or something. Um, so <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah, I want to throw you a little bit of a curveball here, a non-lasso question, um, because yeah. one of my favorite things about this line of work is like I, I really get to dive into a person's performance history, and you get to like see things that, like you saw these people in, but you maybe kind of forgot about. Um, and yeah. actually, here at our network, we're about to start and launch a new show all about the series Black Mirror. And I know that you were on an episode of Black Mirror. Um, we asked Cola about this as well when he was on uh, that show too, and you were specifically on the Waldo moment episode, which. Yeah. My God is becoming more and more prescient every single day, isn't it? So yes. I just wanted to ask, like, do you have any like memories of, of shooting that um, that episode? And like, it, as you reflect on it, it seems less and less far fetched every day, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, it, it's amazing how the crossover between art and real life these days, isn't it? I mean, it, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I uh, yeah, I mean. With um, that role in uh, Black Mirror, I um, yeah I haven't mentioned this to anyone, but only because no one's asked me. Is I I certainly based the cadence and and my delivery on Charlie Brooker. Yeah, okay, I can see that. So yeah, there's a there's a there's a sort of a Brooker esque uh, element to the way that I delivered that, um, and um, and I was just thrilled, you know, because I think he's I think he's amazing. I mean, you may know this already, but Charlie Brooker originally over here uh, it was was like a TV critic. Mm. Um, uh, although he, he, um, maybe he wrote something before he started to critique TV because um, he did Nathan Barley. I don't know if you know Nathan Barley, but Nathan Barley is a piece of comic genius oh, over wow. here. Writing well, that. I, I, <laughs> Please do. And Nathan Barley, uh, co-created, uh, as far as I know, by Charlie Brooker and Chris Morris, is an absolute masterpiece. And um, that would have been in the 90s. And uh, uh, that kind of tracks the hipster movement that happened over here. And it, it was so far-fetched when it came out that actually, if you look at it now, it's not far-fetched at all. They were like, you know, big guys like wearing, you know, driving, riding around in London on like uh, mini BMXs, you know, like little, mm-hmm. which now you see all the time. Yeah. Um, and with their trousers right down the pat, you know, by their ankle and all that. Anyway, um, but one of the things I think is amazing about Charlie Brooker is that he, he used to be this phenomenal, I mean, very erudite TV critic, but he's one that really puts his money where his mouth is because mm. you critique stuff and then he, you know, then he started making stuff and the stuff he makes, I mean, it's, it's knockout. It's up there with the best. So, um, you know, to be involved in Black Mirror was very cool. Yeah, I've, I've told everybody, you know, first watch Ted Lasso, best show on TV. Second show, if you're going to watch one, is watch Black Mirror because I failed to find a bad episode of that series um, anywhere. Um, <laughs> so, so imaginative, isn't it? It's, yeah. It really goes there. Yeah. Yep, and yeah, so many of your favorite really actors got you know early starts on that show, <laughs> especially cool. all the British actors. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. And 
I've got another question that I've been asking all of your castmates. I think so much of this show, the 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 spotlight on mental health is so important. And a lot of us came to this show during the pandemic when we needed it. And so uh, I'll give you my story. My listeners are like, I can't believe you, t- you keep telling this story. But I started running during the pandemic and I started watching Ted Lasso. And I started, you know, I, I also had some podcasts that I would listen to, but I've actually lost 70 pounds. And now I've completed a marathon uh, through running wow. because of um, getting through that. But I'm just wondering uh, from your aspect, is there something that you do for your own mental health that uh, you might suggest others try out there? Or what is it that you do to kind of cope with some? Of these stresses too? That's actually a lovely question. Um, <laughs> uh, first of all, congratulations. I mean, a, a marathon, yeah. that's that's something. Um, that's amazing. My wife ran a marathon and I saw her along the way. And every time I saw her when she when she ran past, I just burst into tears. I was because it was so, so uh, amazing to see. Um, yeah, well, I realize this is a massive part of my life uh, these days is that I, I meditate. I meditate um, daily. Uh, and, and probably, I probably started me, I think when I was around 30. So nearly 20 years of, of, of almost daily meditation. And um, I really love that. And, and actually much like um, my, you know, the job of acting, it's, it just gets more and more interesting um and um and and in a way now i just you know not all the time but i, I it it's almost like life itself is a meditation so it, it, it's um that's one way that i know that if i'm feeling a bit shaky uh or a bit wobbly that the best thing i, sh- I can do is just shut the f up and uh and, and meditate um i also am a big fan of a long soak in a bath mm. A long soak in a bath, ideally with some bath salts. That's a winner. And then I'm also a, I'm also a runner. I also run. That's yeah. great. The, the oh. Keely Jones method, right? A really long soak in the bath, right? So, <laughs> that's it. Uh, that's, that's it. That's fantastic. And, you know, again, thank you for you, the writers, the cast members that you have that are able to put such a spotlight on mental health, because that's another area where this show transcends just being a TV show and will help people because it has, I mean, it's helped me, you know, and so I know that it's helping a lot of people out there for sure. Yeah, I can, I can definitely uh, identify with you too about uh, the emotion you felt like watching your wife because I wasn't getting to watch Craig, but he ran the Disney marathon in Walt Disney World um, in Florida and me and my family were down there at the same time. So we just kept tracking him on the app and every time I kept seeing him get further and further along, I was like, holy crap, he's doing it. Um, It's so impressive. Yeah, buried the lead there too, Craig. You finished in like four and a half hours, a whole marathon. Like that's pretty nuts. Yeah, I was that's okay amazing. with that. I was okay with my time for sure. I rode a roller coaster in the middle of it. Yeah, you uh, rode a roller coaster too I, in the middle. I got of to because uh, I'm doing it in Disney World. So I, my favorite roller coaster. I was able to jump on that and run it and uh, ride. Are you it serious? You rode a roller coaster in the middle of a marathon? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, it was fun. You're well, not. I guess when in Disneyland, why, why not? Right, right? right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Disney Marathon, get, get on it, right? Um, well, uh, diving back into Trent here a little bit, we had a great fan question about this that gets you back into your character a little bit here, but they want to know sure. if Trent Krim himself could interview anyone in history, who would he want to have a chat with? Wow. Right? <laughs> Gee, that's good. Oof. Um... Oh man, that's a really good question. 
We have smart Gee, I listeners. I sure. That sideswiped me. I wasn't ready for that. Um, <laughs> I let, do me do me a favor. Let me percolate on that. Let me just let that right. one sit on the back, and we'll come back to it. I'm just we'll gonna I'm to just gonna one. let that one gonna let that one hang for a second. All right, we'll mm. go to more emotional things, uh, and th- those will be a lot easier, right? <laughs> mm. No, I love it. I just like lo- I like that question so much. I don't want to kind of. Uh, I don't want to kick it into the kick it out kick it out of the way. I, I want to think about that one for a second. Sure, sure. We'll come back at the end there. We'll let Craig get, get sure. Yeah. And so I, I just want to ask that, you know, we are currently two episodes away from the end Oof. of season three and perhaps ultimately the end of the series. Who knows? Um, but mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you can take us behind the scenes a bit. And when this show is wrapped, is there a particular scene or memory or interaction you had with your castmates that you'll carry with you moving forward? You mean, um, do you mean, the, do you mean the interaction that happened on set or do yeah, you mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any interaction that you might have a, had on set that you're just going to remember um, moving forward. And it can be during a scene, I, you know, whatever uh, you would like to mention, but just a, mm. a memory that you'll have. Yeah, I think the one that comes most to mind, and this is a real peak behind the scenes, is that the final day um the, and the final scene, when that wrapped, we were all in the locker room um, at AFC Richmond. Um, I'm just checking. I'm not giving you like a crazy spoiler. Like a spoiler <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah, cool. Because yeah. I, I will get, I will literally get, you'll see me just vanish off the screen. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it comes down. Yeah, yeah. Jason's no, actually it's... sending right off screen, right? Yeah, no, I don't think I'm giving anything away. And, and, um, and uh, Jason gave a speech um, to this room of, you know, we're talking, I mean, everyone was in there from like, you know, producers to the, the sound, every department, we'd all, we all crammed in. And so this room was, the set was jam packed with um, all, of the, all, all, all of the various departments who played such a big part of the show. And, um, and Brendan and Joe Kelly and Jason stood up in the middle and they, they did a raffle, which was really good fun. They, they announced this raffle and, and that was cool how that played out. But then after that, uh, Jason did a little speech and it was so moving. Um, I was in tears. Pretty much every single person in the room was in tears. And basically what he said in that speech was, um, you know, this has been a piece of magic and um, let's uh, let's take it out there and let's take it to our families at home. Let's take it to our next jobs. Mm. Let's take it into our work, uh, into whatever we're going to create. Let's take it into our interactions with people because this is a piece of magic and, and, and let's see how far it can go. And I thought that was a, you know, I mean, it, it, it was such a Ted Lasso moment, obviously, mm. But it was very real. It was very heartfelt, and um, and it was true actually because what was kind of you know uh, resonating in that room is that most people's lives had changed. I mean, I can tell you from my point of view. You know, I've got my, my boy. My little boy was. Uh, I don't think he was. He. I think he was maybe one or just one years old when we first started. He's now just turned five, so that would be about right. And you know, to have um, this amazing job continue to just be able to pay my mortgage, 
um, and, uh, and and feed my my you know myself with my family. It's just been amazing on that level, and doing something that I really believe in, um, and it's helped kind of you know elevate my career, um, all those things. So that's remarkable, um, and I would say that everybody pretty much. I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but most people that I can think of in that room, they had their own version of that as well. So it, it was a real special um, occasion, this job, and, and, and certainly my career, you know, a one-off. You know, you uh, mentioned it there, um, you know, about uh, kind of moving forward from the show. Um, you are now an Emmy nominee. You are a fan favorite uh, from this entire fan base. And um, I think we can safely say someone who seriously has such a talent for bringing a character to life. You really, really do. Um, so what's next for you, James Lance? Like, what, what are you hoping to uh, accomplish here after Ted Lasso is uh, in the rear view? Mm. Well, <clears throat> I really... Uh... You know, I, I've said this a little bit before, but I genuinely do believe in, in, the, in the power of, of, of comedy. You know, I, I love it. I love it probably more than any other um, sort of art form. I mean, on a personal level, I love going to gigs and, and, and music. But in terms of what I can uh, uh, sort of uh, put out there, <clears throat> it would be a, a sort of... Um, it would be to do with comedy, I think. Um, and I would like to continue to put something out that's really, you know, quite special and, and, and that, that actually uh, kind of, you know, I, I don't want this to sound too grandiose, but genuinely, like if, if I could create a comedy that, um, or be a part of a comedy that continues to have a kind of a healing effect, I'm, I'm more than happy. That would be, that would be my dream. Um, but also I, I'm not sort of just in that, in that realm. I love drama. I love theater. You know, I really want to get back on the boards. Um, it's been a few yes. years now. I'd love to get my teeth into another, you know, real juicy stage character. Um, and just keep working. You know, I, I, I love the life of an actor. I like, I quite like perversely not knowing what I'm going to do next. Um, and I just hope that, uh, it's something worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> It will be. It will be. We know that. Thanks, sure. man. <laughs> well, as we uh, come to start to wrap things up, we've got to come back to you for our interview. Uh, yes. Have you, have you thought oh. about who it might be? <clears throat> okay. So, um, it, it, hmm. you, well, I, want, I mean, look. I want you to answer it first. And then I think I came up with an answer potentially too. Oh, <laughs> well, do you know what? I tell you what, right? Okay, I, I, I tell you. If, so it's anyone in history, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going straight to the Son of God. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get Big J. <laughs> <laughs> He's on, on the record. <laughs> Big J on, on the record. <laughs> Big J on record, right? Surely that would be the interview, wouldn't it? I Is mean, there anyone else? That do that do some ratings, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that, and the investigative that, that, journalist that journalism he'd bring to that that that'd be fascinating. I think so. Fascinating conversation. So. And I think we'll do it by uh, by a body of water, mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, and let's just see if that cat can actually walk on water, and and um, and if not, why not? And if not, how did that rumor come about? But you know, I, I, I'm personally, I'm not a religious man, uh, uh, but I do believe in a power of love. And I believe in, uh, you know, I believe in something that's very, very beautiful. And I do think that Jesus <laughs> ha 
had something very special. He must have done, right? I mean, he just must have done, whoever this guy was. So it'd be kind of interesting to uh, have a chat with him. Yeah. yeah. Now I was, this might be a little bit on the nose for your season three storyline, but I could see yeah. Trent really wanting to dive into someone like Harvey Milk and kind of the movement that he was able to inspire. Yeah. And uh, of course his life being cut short there, you know, that I think that that could be a really fascinating chat as well. Yeah, absolutely. That would be amazing. And then also I was, was making me think of Quentin Crisp as well. That would have been a pretty cool, pretty cool mm-hmm. conversation just as a kind of an Englishman and in, in, in America and, and stuff. But um, yeah, Harvey Milk would, would be great. Yeah. 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 So uh, Jeremy, you have one last question and then I get to do our, our normal last question. Yeah. So this is obligatory. I apologize if you've been asked this about a literally million and gotten a dozens of these. <laughs> this was by far the biggest question we kept getting over and over again. So as a nod to our fans, we have to say it just because of it. Tell us about the hair care routine because Trent's hair is also taking on a life of its own. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what that's like a really, that's been a big question. How does I, dozens, I you not, dozens of people, dozens of questions. How does he keep his hair? When did the white streak come in? Like all of this kind of stuff. <laughs> I love it. Well, the white, so all of the, the white streak and the gray, that's all natural. There's no, there's nothing, um, there's nothing uh, that's been uh, kind of played with there. Um, and funnily enough, years ago, I was, I was playing a, a villainous character in something. This is when I was in my 20s. And I remember I said to the makeup department, do you, do you think I could just get like a white streak just sort of right at the front? Like, you know, I just think it would be great. And they were like, no. You, oh. you're not going to do that. that that's not going to happen and then so you know and then before <laughs> somehow uh i must have i don't know if i willed it on but yeah i mean it, and then it came and then it's like <laughs> I mean, years later so there it is i mean and it, it's kind of landed in quite a cool place which is which is good i guess the only thing that's weird about you know starting to go gray when it first happens it's really exciting you think this is cool but then you realize it's never coming back right that's <laughs> That's that's only going one way, and it's all going to go like that eventually. But you know, we're all bald, we're all bald underneath our hair, aren't we? So it's you know we're all the same. Um, and um, uh, I, I, yeah, I just felt that Trent Krim would, would he's just got long, sort of pompous as word I've used before, but he's got to be. There's a sort of um, you know, a, bit, a, a slightly ridiculous flamboyance to to to, to the Barnet, and uh, I I just thought, yeah, let's let's roll with that. That's <laughs> yeah. great. That's, oh, that's great. good. And I'm going to throw Craig one last curveball here because just because I'm getting to talk to you, I have to call out one specific moment in the series that please do. It's very minor sometimes when people think about it, but it was what made me know that like I'm going to follow your career for forever because you're so good at this. But it's in season, uh, episode three of season two when Sam is giving his press conference after the Dubai Air thing and he crosses it out and you're asking the question to him about, you know, like, oh, you, uh, you know, do you think it affected the team? And he tells you back, you know, oh, I'm not here to talk about the game. And the look on your face that you give him because it's like Trent is almost giving him like this, like a at a boy sam like you know like yeah. this he really wanted to ask but he felt like he had to ask a football question that was so damn good man <laughs> i love that i love that well you know what you were picking up on there was that um you know uh is that I, me as trent i guess was i was very invested in in, in sam and and what he's was he gonna was he gonna say what he needed to say was it gonna happen 
you know, because I think first and foremost, for some reason, I think Trent Prim is very much a, a, a genuine investigative journalist. You know, he just kind of, he went into sport um, and I think he's really good at it. Uh, but there's more, there's more underneath there. And so suddenly the storyline um, was just getting a bit more uh, uh, kind of spicy for, for Trent. And he, that, he wanted to, I really wanted to do more with that, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. I love that you picked up on that because I, I felt that. So the fact that I felt that you got it, that's really cool. Oh, it's great, man. And after he after he gives his answer, you give him like this little nod. And it literally mm-hmm. was just kind of like, good boy, man. You know, like you, you yeah. did good there. It was, oh, you man, rocked it. it. So good. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So interesting what people pick up on, you know. One thing I, I, I will just share this, and I really believe this to be true. And I wish I'd known this as a young, younger actor. I don't think there's a frame that's wasted on screen. When you're, if your character's on screen, there's the, the stuff that people will pick up on, the way that you can tell a story, you've got every opportunity. You don't need a line. You don't need words. It, it's all it's all moments, actually. And so what you talked about is that little moment that no one else has mentioned to me. I hadn't even remembered that moment, but actually I remember it now you bring it up. So it's storytelling, and I love that. It's lived in my head ever since. It's just like it's one of my favorite moments from that entire season. So <laughs> I'm so happy. That's cool. <laughs> So we, we have this traditional last question that we do, mm. and, and that is to kind of turn things over to you a little bit. We know that you've done dozens of these types of interviews for print and podcasts and video, and uh, we are just wondering if there is a story or a message or something that you always want to talk about that you're never asked about. So kind of giving you an open platform to finish this off here. Wow. Um, gosh. Uh wow that's interesting so just like a little moment or a little uh, uh, whatever you want it to be hmm cool two things come up let me think about it for a second I think well I'm going to go with that one I yeah so so uh, a few years ago I I I was very lucky to to become a, a dad I don't know. Are you guys? Are you We're guys? Dads? Yes, yeah. I got two. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, cool. And I, oh, lovely, yeah. lovely. That's so yeah. cute. Nice, all I've, nice. All I've got is my Beautiful. wallet, man. My wallet. Oh yeah, that's really cool as well. Okay, and and um, and I, you know, when this when my little boy arrived. Uh, he came along and uh, the the love the, the the love that I felt when I first saw this little person uh, is just indescribable and um, and my wife and I and I know it's the same for her and it's sort of an interesting thing when when you become parents because you you fall in love with the with the with the new person that arrives but also you see your partner fall in love with someone else as well. And they, and they it just, that, that whole experience has been the most life-changing thing that I've ever experienced. And I, all I've got to say about that is I had no idea that that was going to uh, affect me the way that it did. And my wife and I used to say, it's like a little, it's like an angel had moved into our home. You know, we were like, it's like, what is this little being, you know? And, um, and, and sometimes I actually think, you know, it kind of really, really is like an angel that moves yeah. in because when they're, 
that 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 little bit i think they're pretty close to some source or wherever it is they've come from that mm. is so special and i think i actually think we're all, we're all going to end up back there as well i think it's just a little doorway mm. um and uh and and if i don't know why this came to mind but i think you know children are the most beautiful uh you know uh beings and and how lucky we are to uh to as, as as parents to look after them you know what i mean um but not just if you're a parent if you meet them you know when you meet little people and and um yeah i um i don't get to say that very much and that's something that i feel in my heart yeah if i remember correctly when we talked to nick he mentioned something very similar about his his mm-hmm. wife and and her uh kind of parenting as well but fatherhood is is such a huge uh, part of this show. And I also want yeah. to mention to you that, you know, this is a show that I came to love during the pandemic. It helped me mentally get through a, a period of time that I needed it to. And then, you know, this past year has been really rocky for me personally. I uh, was informed of a, a divorce uh, late last year. And so to to, wow. to watch this show again and see this show that I love and be able to rewatch and rewatch and then to watch it and see that it also means something completely new and completely different that I needed at that time. You know, I, I don't wow. know that we'll ever get the opportunity to talk to Jason or to talk to Bill. Um, but the, the, just thank you from yes. uh, my perspective, from, I think I speak for a lot of fans that the art and creativity that you all have put into the world is something that impacts a lot of us. And uh, I, I know that, I hope that that resonates with the cast and with Jason and with Bill and mm. with these writers. And um, just thank you for everything that you've done. Oh man, thank you. I mean, thanks for thanking me and, and there's no need to thank me personally, but thanks for saying it. And yeah, I think, you know, what Jason Sudeikis has done there uh, is is pretty extraordinary. I can't think of another comedy personally that seems to, you know, use the emotional material that we all go through, whether it be divorce or, you know, um, you know, uh, well, all, all, the, all the themes that are in the show. And it's it's kind of it's kind of courageous this show for that and and I guess that's why it resonates so much you know and and um and in my own life as well so I'm uh I'm I'm just lucky guy to be in it as are we as are we sir (laughs) yeah we're lucky that you're in it too so thank you so much for your time today and I hope you have a good rest of your evening thanks I've loved chatting with you thank you so much see you later dads (laughs) see ya (laughs) bye Oh, I loved his message about fatherhood and because particularly because this show embodies so much of that fatherhood. And so it's, it's so important to the themes that we talked about, not only in season two, but that's kind of covering uh, and carrying over to season three as well. But any thoughts about the interview that we were just able to have, Jer? No, I mean, I loved his, I love that he took some time, uh, you know, to like, do the whole, um, you know, thinking about the Who Would Trade Crim interview. And I loved his answer. Yeah. Why would you just go straight to the source, man? Um, so that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, like, again, just the the fatherhood aspect of it. And then, you know, getting to see like how much calling out specific moments of Trent Krim like mean to him you know and it's just like and I, I think I'm not alone in just like these little moments that this character gets to have on the screen it's just amazing and it's just fantastic stuff 
Absolutely. It's great because he became such a fan favorite and then it morphed into him having this larger storyline and really becoming some of our, one of our mains for season yeah. three and guiding Colin through this incredible storyline that we all are really enjoying seeing. Uh, and hopefully in the next two episodes, we get to see Colin kiss his fella uh, yes. after one of the matches for sure. But it, it's just been a, a great treat to be able to talk to James today. And if case he's listening back, uh, thank you so much for your time you, and for sir. your talent and for your art. And uh, we can't wait to see what he gets to do into the future as well. And uh, yeah, I, I, not much I can say beyond that, oh. just that it was such a great experience to get to talk to him today. And he was so warm when we jumped on the interview and when we're off the interview as well. It just, man, talk about somebody that embodies the lasso way, right? Yeah, yeah, he definitely does. And uh, again, we just love that we get to share this with you because look, you guys make this possible. You know, that we get to talk to these people, um, these people that help create the show that we all love so, so much. So we hope you're enjoying uh, getting a little bit of these behind the scenes insights. Love the stories he told about Jason and the working process that they have and stuff. Just an incredible, incredible experience there and talk. And uh, two more episodes, guys. We're going to be all right. We're going to get through it, as always, together. Yeah. And speaking of being together, we do have this growing Facebook community. So go and check out peanut butter and biscuits. Also follow us PBBFRN on Twitter and also peanut butter biscuit time on Instagram yeah. as well. So we'll be posting all these episodes uh, continuing forward. We got to start talking about like our end game here, buddy, and, and figuring out what we're doing after the last couple of episodes are done. But you do know that we will be back Wednesday with episode 11's recap. And I got to say the, the, little brief description i believe it's oh, called man. something about mom city so <laughs> i'm wondering if this is your man city game you've been waiting for i mean i don't know it'd, it'd be an interesting uh jump there wouldn't it to like do that in the penultimate episode but it also does kind of uh you know portend a little bit when it comes to there's a lot of great series that do that uh you know breaking bad always had amazing penultimate episodes so um i don't know maybe it will be there um yeah, I just can't wait. I just can't wait to see it. Yep, and we'll be right there with you. So thank you so much for listening today. Thank you again to James. Uh, thank you for everybody that was able to make that possible for us. But for Peanut Butter and Biscuits, I am Craig. And I'm Jeremy. And as always, be a goldfish. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Front Row Network, a proud Community Voices member of National Public Radio Illinois. For more from the Front Row Network, including our articles or our other dozens of shows, visit thefrontrownetwork.com or nprillinois.org slash programs slash network. You can also find us on social media by searching for the Front Row Network on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, and on Twitter at Front Row Reviews with a Z.